Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Naked and Inside Out. I'm Janine Toro. We're an LGBT podcast highlighting people in the community doing some incredible things with their lives and careers. And we're here to share these stories with you to provide a source of inspiration. Today, I'm on location at the Center in New York City with Rob Lay Davis, the Director of Cultural Engagement for the Center. His work centers upon the intersection of spirituality and sexuality, intergenerational connectivity, and cultural inclusivity. That is a mouthful. (laughs) I can't wait for you to explain this to our listeners, Rob. So he runs arts and cultural programming at the center and does a lot of work with young people and after school programs as a passion project outside of the center. So welcome, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes. So do you want to kind of give us, well, a little bit of an explanation about how your work is centered and kind of your background? Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely think that we recently did a program here at the center where the one of the communications interns wanted to do a series of videos about intersectionality. Uh, and it was great. We got some people together and they gave different thoughts um, about what it meant to be who they are. And for me, most of what I write or sing or what I try to create programming based on is the notion that everyone has more than one side to themselves. So it's when I walk into a room, I'm... I'm a black guy, but I'm also, that's not separated from me being a gay guy. Like yeah. they're key, both key pieces of who I am. And sometimes I think the world, the way we kind of function today, it's like you have to pick a side of yourself, but yep. I don't actually know how to do that. So. It's like you're one or the other, right? It's like, are you on the black side or you're on the gay side? Like you can't yeah, be both. You're which... not supposed to be. It's crazy because so many people are, whether, whether, whatever their ethnicity or orientation or gender identity Everyone is a mix of various things, but for some reason we don't like to, I feel, we don't like to talk about people that way. So I try to create things that allow the expression of multiple sides of a person. So what was this project that the intern was doing? Um, She was working with the communications department and she wanted to... I think it was somewhat based on what she was studying in school at the moment. Okay. Just talk with different people about what it means to exist fully and to be able to celebrate and honor all of who you are. And exactly. We had, yeah, which is not, which shouldn't be foreign. Yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't. Yes. Especially in like 2016. Yes, you should. Yeah, exactly. Do you feel that there's ever a divide? Like, as you're saying this, like, are there groups that are like specific to like, for example, in the workplace, right? They have these like uh, cultural kind of groups, right? Where there would be like an LGBT group yes. and then they have, you know, Asians or whatever mm-hmm. different have, ethnicity yes, groups, right? Minority division or diversity initiatives, things like that. Yeah. Which I think is great, right? Yes. Because it has this sense of community. But going back to what you were just saying... It's funny that it's almost not just one big group. Like, almost like all the people that, like, are diverse, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or quote-unquote, me and my air quotes all the time, different, that needs... Not that we need that support, but it's nice to know that you have other people like you in your community, in your workplace, wherever, right? It is. Um, So are there groups, like, specific here to those type of... I mean, there's... Oh, there's definitely here um, at the center tons of... Everybody is here. That's the best way to put it. Um, Latino groups, black groups, Asian groups, you know, male, female, bisexual, uh, uh, trans, everyone 
is here because um, this is sort of the central central gathering spot uh, in the city. There, there are plenty of other LGBT organizations outside of us who do amazing work. We are sort of a the centralized hub, though, yeah. you know, where people come to meet and congregate. Um, and yeah, everyone's here. Every any day of the week, any but right now, if we walked outside, we'd probably encounter every kind of group or family or ages. I was just going to say that the age because I yeah. noticed that when I was walking up the stairs here, I was like, "Oh, look at this cute elderly gay." Couple. Like I yeah. was just, like, you know, and then there's it's like, great. yeah, then there's the youth like downstairs. Like it's just everyone's there's like young sort people of downstairs and people with children who come here and family play days and things like that. Um, so really, we really are a space for. Cradle to grave, basically. Really, everything is it's true. It's so true. It's so well, true. it's great that you can support all these different types of people mm-hmm. in the same space, right? And, like, because we're not all so that different. True. We're not all... We all have... We all share an inherent humanness. You know, obviously, that's what, at a base level, means it's all... Unites us all. But then everyone has different, you know, life experiences that sort of lead you to self-segregate often. Sometimes self-segregation is not bad. It's just a thing that people do because they want to be around people who are similar to them. But we try to create a space where everyone feels welcome and everyone realizes, I said it during one of my first events here, there are to some, I forget, I think it was for a film, <clears throat> that there are tons of people that make up this community. And I'm going to do my best to provide opportunities for all of you and that I won't make everyone happy. Yeah. Because it's just not You're realistic. You can't make every single audience (laughs) happy ever in life. We will try. Yeah. I will try my best. That's great though. Do you, so like on a day to day, Mm -hmm. what do you do here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you wear many hats. don't I? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Day to day. Um, I mean, it's a combination of, of, the events, definitely, um, getting things organized and working with whatever the production team may be. If we're in a, we have a partnership with New Fest um, for films that we show, and then we do uh, play readings and um, music performances and dance pieces. And so, working with the different point, the artwork on the walls, working with photographers, um, a rake scheduling, making sure we're recording things for our posterity, um, photography and video and such meeting with people about future projects and trying to plan very... I'm someone who likes to plan things very far in advance Uh as much as I can. Sometimes things get in the way of me being able to do that. But I'm really trying to work with people now to look long-term to build build us out over the next few years and really be able to start presenting to the public seasons here at the center, whether it's yearly or quarterly, but that there would be a way for people to know what a season at the center would look like. So... And what do you envision for that? Or is that top secret? No. <laughs> well, so I won't reveal everything. Yeah. Um, but there, for me, I definitely want people to start to experience the building, the organization, as a cultural space. I think for many people, the center is experienced as a place for um, recovery and um, for people to build community around you know life issues they may be going through which is wonderful no one wants that to stop even remotely <laughs> we always want to have those spaces where people feel safe yes. and can be themselves uh, and simultaneously we want people to be able to come and be uh, um, to artistically enjoy themselves to be 
to be entertained, that can sometimes be taken negatively, but to, yeah, to be entertained and enjoy themselves and, and hear music and see dance and come to a place where there's LGBT artistic and creative representation. So having um, more things like that, I want to have uh, there's some interview series with um, individuals as well as with, uh, I'll say groups, um, casts that I'd like to see here, um, people who have made a mark within the community. I really want to make sure that we take time to regularly celebrate and honor and pay respect to those individuals while they're living who are worthy of respect for what they championed, either because they themselves are LGBT or because they have been the most dynamic ally possible. Um, so working on a program that really gets people in the door experiencing, experiencing the center artistically. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. I, I remember, <laughs> so I have a story about the center. When I was, God, I was in grad school. And I wasn't out at the time fully. I mean, I'd been in relationships with women, mm-hmm. but I wasn't fully out. And one of my friends was like, you should just go to the center. Like, it's a great community. Like, you'll meet people like that are like you, all this stuff, right? So, of course, me being like, really, like, I guess, insecure, maybe, I would like walk past this building, like <laughs> terrified to walk right. in. And he's yes. like, Janine, I will walk you into the building. Like, it's okay. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, and I'm like, what am I talking about? I mean, these people are just like me and probably felt just like me or maybe didn't feel like me and have that support, you know? So maybe for somebody like young Janine, mm-hmm. what would you say to like encourage them to sort of open their mind to even stepping into the door here or sending an email, like making that first step? Because I feel like a lot of people are almost so afraid to be judged by anyone, even people in their community. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I know that's a tough question. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, right? Because I've had just a couple of days ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this. I, you know, I had those experiences when I was younger because I began my coming out process probably around fifteen. The first person I very still one of my dearest friends in the world. We both sort of came out to each other together. Uh, it just like happened in the school. same day. No, no, no. Oh, no. I was like, oh my god! No, 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 I was no. like, <laughs> <laughs> no. We were just, um, we we're just. Uh, he's, he's like a brother to me. We grew up, grew up together, and we we each knew the other one was gay. We sort of had a. There was a closeness that we shared with each other because of that um, that process. But I was speaking with someone about how being younger and being afraid to go into spaces, and I used to be afraid to walk into gay bars. And back then, in the I think the first time I went into one was probably like eighty nine. And I, what I remember is they were always dark, like the windows were dark. That's what I remember about gay bars specifically when I was a kid, that there were dark places. Um, and I was always fearful of going in. And I remember once <clears throat> when I got older, someone who, who was older than me saying, "Why are you afraid to go in there?" It's like, well, what if someone? What if I see someone in there that I know? Yeah, like, well, well, they're gay. I'd be afraid to make like an online profile. I'm like, but if someone sees me and they know that I'm gay, I'm like, but Jimmy, wait a minute, then why are they looking <laughs> on the site? Like, they're obviously seeking a female too. But I'm like, oh my god, and then they're gonna know and tell everyone. Like, I'm it's sure crazy. Really not but do that, that, but but that's but right, that right there, that's what kids, young people today. Not that they don't all go through it. I don't like that 
sort of myth, I feel, that every LGBT teen is happy and, and content. No. Many of them are, and thank God, exactly. way more than used to be. But there's still plenty who struggle, whether in small pockets of America or the world, or also in big cities, too. Yeah. Or um, even people that come out later on in life. Yes, which I think in some ways is, I would imagine, might be even harder, because if, if someone is, you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s coming out, and obviously 70s is different than 50s, but... You have a, you've lived this life, and now it's like you flipped the switch. You totally flipped the switch, and how and people have had known you for so long, and you're still the same person. That's what you're struggling with internally is that yeah. you want them to understand you're still the same person, but they've been used to another version of you for exactly. so long. Exactly. Um, but I am, yeah, I used to be afraid to walk in there too. So I think I would say to a younger person, just a don't. Don't be afraid to go inside because there's nothing there's nothing bad inside. Yes, there's bad in the world. I'm always I'm very picky about the words I try to choose. There's it's a safe space. Like you're not walking into a, a negative place, like you're walking into a good place. <laughs> I know. You know? Yeah, um, but you know what I think a part of it is, and it's gonna sound really awkward maybe, but it's like you want to feel okay. And you're getting that permission to be okay, but you never really had that permission to be okay. Mm. So it's like dealing with those emotions associated with it. Because that's like looking back, mm. I'm like, that makes no sense. Like, Janine, you just should have like went in there and made friends or did whatever. And I mean, eventually it did. But it's almost like maybe you're just so used to being like, you're used to this negative reaction from people or maybe not negative, but not as positive as you expected it to be. Because, yeah. like, like you're saying, they know you in a certain way, right? right? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, by the way, like, I secretly, like, I've been dating girls for the past six right. years and I just right. didn't share that with you. Because I didn't think you could really or understand me or you would judge me. Well, it's only recently that I feel like culturally, and, and this exists in other parts of the world, too. It's not an America-specific thing, but we have uh, historical amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> we forget... <laughs> how bad and how recently bad certain things were. So I'm very, I know for a fact that you could never have told the 17-year-old me that I would have this job. Yeah. Ever. That I'd be doing this in my life because a 17-year-old me, though I, it's interesting. I was, I, I definitely think that I was, um, you know, well-liked and popular in, in high school um, and an active person and involved in things. Um, but internally, I was so a mess, just a wreck, because the world was telling me in the late 80s, early 90s, that gay was disgusting. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. You're sinning. You're sinning. Yeah. You are going to die. The world would be better off without you. And yeah, because we're not people anymore. We're not people. We're right. Not. At the time, that, that's, yeah. that's what it was. And I'm so grateful that right now, as we're sitting here, uh, 2016, that is not the overall experience. Exactly. Um, that things have improved. We still have a long way to go. Things have improved. But because of that experience, I, I know why... Young teenager is afraid to 
still step foot into certain places. Exactly. And it's like, it is great that we're creating like these safer spaces mm-hmm. and these mm-hmm. and more understanding people or even like our allies or our family members or our, you know, they have this sort of, they act more normal about it. I'll say that. Yes. They don't yes. act like you're an alien that just came from some planet from outer space. It's true. I've seen how, yes, because that's what it was, literally. Like there like, was like, something what? wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. And now it's more, and sometimes people, you know, it gets a little tired and they're going too out of their way. It's like, okay, I get it. You don't have a problem. It's Yeah, I know. It's then fine. it's like over the top <laughs> or, it's like not, or it's like nothing at all. It's wow. so extreme. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh my God, you're gay. I love gay people. Oh my God, let's yeah, go do this. And I'm like, great. wait, yes. let's go to a gay bar. And I'm like, just because I'm gay doesn't mean that we're all going to go to a gay bar yes, and do gay and, and things. do gay things together, yeah. yes. The one but thing I, I hate <laughs> is when females, well, typically straight females, mm-hmm. will talk about having gay male best friends to go shopping with. And I'm like, stop yeah. labeling and stereotyping people. I have people. an issue. I wrote something about this once. I have, yes, plenty of heterosexual female friends who are wonderful, who I love, who are everything to me, right? And I've known them for years. There are other people, generally women who I don't know, who I've been in gay bars, which I think that certain spaces should always still be able to exist. That if there if there's a gay bar or a lesbian bar or I don't know uh, in schools, I think there's an African American club or a Latino club. Yes, I do think we should be working towards unity, but I think there, people should still be allowed to have a group that celebrates their culture. As long yes. as their goal isn't to harm other people. Of course. Um, so I've been in gay bars, which are safe male spaces, right? People, women are welcome, obviously. And a bachelorette party. Oh, my God. See, I can't. <laughs> See, here, here I go. I'm, I'm just going to And I can't take it. Especially, I remember a friend of mine, like, taking me out of the bar. He's like, let's, let's, let's go. Because yeah, like, this, this is going to get bad. Much. So let's, let's leave. Because this was before, I remember one particular instance, years before marriage equality. Like, really? So you really feel comfortable walking into this space celebrating this right that, that you, you have, have mm-hmm. that we don't. But it's, but it's, but it's cool because, you know, you, you've got gay male friends. Yeah. Like, really? I, <laughs> trust me. I can't. I, that is one thing. And I mean, I have been to some gay bars that are not necessarily the most appropriate, let's just say. Like, you know, maybe there's porn on the TVs. Yes. You know, men are not well, that fully can, That dressed. can be appropriate, though. I mean, it can be appropriate. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, why would a straight female... I just, why is that where you want your bachelorette party? Like, like <laughs> I'm telling you, I will ne- I mean, Maybe I should interview a straight female that's had her bachelorette party at a... Um, you know, gay bar. I just, I never understand it. I'm it just used like, to be at, like, I remember um, going to, like, uh, why is this, the name escaping me? Lips um, and, and and Lucky Changs. Yeah. Where there were drag shows. And yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. It made a little more sense. Although I remember in the early 2000s, I guess, seeing some things come in, the drag queens. They weren't particularly having the fact that this bachelor party had just walked in. But they went with it. Yeah. Um... And it was a show, right? Yeah. This is a bar. bar. <laughs> exactly. I trust me. I, well, and it's funny for me too, right? Because I have more gay male friends mm-hmm. than female gay friends. Okay, so okay. I tend to, if I'm going to a gay bar, 95% of the time I'm going to like, we're going to gay bars that are like, you know, women can come to them, right. like Stonewall or Monster right. or wherever, right? right? 
But 95% of the time, it's probably I'm the only female there. And I right. just laugh so hard because I'm like, there's just more men. It, there's honestly, more men. And there are more spaces for men than there are for lesbians. There just are. But you know what I didn't realize? And, it, and maybe it just ignored me or maybe I just wasn't aware. Is that like for gay men, it's very different. Like, you guys are, like, classified under certain groupings. And, oh, my like, God. It's and, getting and, out of hand. And, first, and everyone's like, no, but you don't understand. It's for safety. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what? Like, I had no Wait, idea. Oh, maybe I'm thinking, well, what do you, maybe I'm not understanding what you so, mean. Someone was telling me that, like, they think they're a bear. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But, like, if they went on, like, a twink dating website. Yes. Or if they went to, I don't know, an event or a bar or whatever that would have more twink men. Yes. That yes. they would not, like, they would be discriminated against. and Or they'd feel, like, unsafe. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, it, I guess a, a bear could feel unsafe by the presence of a twink. That would seem odd to me. Um, but I will say that people are, some people, not all hold very strongly to that categorization of where they feel safest inside of that identity, right? Um, I'm not a bear by any definition, I don't think. Uh, But I appreciate the bear culture. But this is what I don't understand, right? We have so many labels, and I keep talking about this, and everyone probably is like, Janine, just stop talking about this, but we have a label in the LGBT community, okay? Then within the LGBT community, we have another label. It's like, why are we like constantly defi- and sometimes it is for like safety reasons mm-hmm. or it is for like a sense of community mm-hmm. but other times it's like like why do I have to be 10 different things like why can't I just be Janine like I'm the same person yes I 100% agree with you uh, yeah. you're the same person and yes there is the LGBT umbrella but just like you know the, the black umbrella I'm my ex black experience growing up in the northeast is totally different than someone who's from who grew up in the South or who grew up in Chicago or the Bay Area. So there's there's still breakdowns within it. And I think some people do find a sense of community, right? There is definitely a bear culture. Like the bears, they have a whole thing going on and events yeah. and weekends. And I had no parties. idea that any of this existed. I'm like, what the bears? I'm like, what are you talking about? But it's great. And I, I always feel welcome in those environments, even though um, I, I don't, yeah, like maybe maybe it's not a thing. I think it was more just about like being on like certain dating websites and then being getting like made fun of for like. Well, that's that's well, yeah, yeah. The dating websites are interesting because I feel like things that I've seen, people feel free again because it's the ability to sort of you certain things you would never say face to face. Exactly. Not, that you feel very comfortable saying or stating or alluding to. Um, I know, I mean, it's, it's not really a secret, I believe, that often one of the most heavily discriminated against groups of gay men, or that they feel are the mm-hmm. most heavily discriminated against, are Asian men who often encounter individuals on certain sites who will say, no Asians, like flat out. What? And my thing is, if you are not, I mean, it seems odd to say you're categorically, categorically unattracted to a whole to race. A whole, I mean, Asia. It's huge. It, it's it's like, like a lot of people in there. It's like billions of people. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's uh, that's a separate conversation. But if you are not attracted to those individuals, 
then then just don't en- engage, I guess. I don't know why you have to state that in that way at all. But it's it's a thing that people do. And it's it's not I'm it's it's so hard for me because I want to be able to say because I do believe if you identify as a Twink or a bear or or I'm trying to think of what there's. I was gonna say I don't are, even know all of them. It's all the animals of the forest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There are otters and uh, oh yeah, and then the um, sea, but, leather, um, the leather guys, the leather daddies. The, the, well, yes, there's there's leather daddies, and there are individuals who are not at daddy age but yeah. are into the leather sea yeah. and. I'm like learning all these. I feel like I feel like such an ignorant like person because I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, there's like I went to a leather bar for the first time like okay. last weekend, and okay. I'm like, should I really be here? I'm like, I just felt like it wasn't my place to be there. Like, I felt like you know, and my friends like, oh, we fall, we'll just drop my fur drink, and it was like a whole. Of course, they were all like talking to me because I'm the only female. They're like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you doing here? All very nice people, but it was just so different, and it's incredible to be in a city like New York and just. You can find your people. You can find your group. Yes, you can find your group. And you can also, like, be accepted by other groups, so it seems. I think you can be if you are, if you remain respectful of that group. Like, I've been to, I'm not really into a leather scene. I mean, I like leather jackets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I've been to some leather parties, I guess, with friends who are into the leather scene. And... I'll go and I'll have a good time, and it's not really my scene, but I'm, I'm, and I get that it is other people's, and I respect that. And there are sometimes women who may be there who are friends of the gay men that are present, and I feel like they sort of blend in. It's when you, it's when you try, from my perspective, to pull focus in a space that's not designated for you. That's what I have a problem with. Like I, if I go into a lesbian bar, I will respect that space. I'm not. I don't know. That's that group space and I'm going to be respectful of it and some people are not they enter a space that's not their group and they enter with this sort of dominance or privilege to disrupt it that's when it becomes bothersome I totally agree with that so how did you end up here? (laughs) like did you always think that you wanted to work in the LGBT space you know or like do something with like programming like you know like what is your background and sort of how did you end up where you are right now. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, the t- I mean, I, I'm sure it's not, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was like the abridged version. I'm trying to figure out where. You're like, do you, do you well, have three I was born hours? in Hackensack, New Jersey. Yeah. I'll start there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a piece of it. I'll, I'll get back to that. But, you know, I grew up in New Jersey and then I went to uh, Syracuse for theater. And I was a theater major there. And I moved to New York with all of my other theater friends. People split off. There was... We all sort of toured around to see where we would land. And people landed in New York, Chicago, or L.A. And then I came to here and I performed for a couple of years. And then I had an injury. I had a spinal injury that took me out of commission for, I would say, five years at wow. least. To from the, from the pain of the issue to having this spinal surgery to recovery. And in that time, I... I mean, I obviously wasn't performing. I took a break, I guess. Yeah, I was, took a break. And I started to work in um, public relations for A&E TV. And then I ended up here in 1999. So from 1999 to 2002, I worked here. Oh, so you were here in the past. I was So here. You're, you, you've come back. I've returned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 99 to 2002. And that was a good experience. I remember when I saw the posting... 
I had never thought about working for, you know, for a gay organization before. And I don't know. It just seemed like it would be a good fit. And it was at the time. I was, you know, I was happy here. And then, you know, things change. You move on. You want new opportunities. And I left. I went back to performing and writing plays. And I sang and doing music. And then I also worked as a, in post-production um, for, you know, great, great company in the Flatiron District. I love them. They're great people. That was gracing a whole other side of the industry that I didn't know. I was aware that post-production existed. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into the commercials and trailers and teasers and even, you know, docs and narratives and just holding people's attention and knowing how to cut something just right. So I did that. Uh, then I became a teaching artist in New York City schools. Oh, my God. Uh, you have had so many jobs. It's so interesting, though. That's like, It is. Yeah. I mean, to me, though, I feel like it shapes who you are today. All those experiences and having diverse, like, that's interrupt you. I just got so excited because I say this all the time. Like, I feel like I've just, I I said this last night, actually. I'm like, I wish I could do something different every day as my job. Hmm. Like one day I could go cook in someone's, like a chef in a restaurant. And then like tomorrow I want to like do a podcast. And then Friday I want to go back to UX design. Like, (laughs) like I get it. Because I I think, at least for me, my brain being stimulated in different ways makes me more creative. It does. It, it opens your eyes to things that you never would have thought before. Um, yeah. But go back. Sorry, you were you were te- teaching? Yeah, I was a teaching artist. So, <clears throat> you know, I don't have a, a education degree, um, but a company that would hire artists to go in and do a variety of things. I could be in a classroom teaching theater as part of a English class where I'm with the kids three days, a, well, two days a week for four hours a day for six months or for a year or sometimes it was just a week residency or I was doing an after school club or a Saturday club. So you like staying busy, huh? I do. <laughs> I definitely do. I definitely do. Um, yeah, I totally get that from my mother. I, uh, 100%. <laughs> and that was a good experience. I'm not meant to be a teacher. I have many teachers in my family, educators. I don't have the patience. I know that about myself. But I liked being in the classroom working with them in an artistic way. So that was good, and I did that for about five years. And then at the end of that, I was asked to help co-produce an arts, it was more of a technology conference at the time, but an arts and technology conference for youth as part of a grant with the Department of Education. So I helped co-produce that. Um, and then a year later, I joined the team of grant managers who work with those after-school kids for this 21st century grant um, so then I managed after-school programs for five years, yeah. All over the city, K through 12. My schools, I had schools in the Bronx and Queens primarily. That's so, really incredible. Especially something in the arts for mm-hmm, children mm-hmm. or youth. It's something that. that's, it's like the first thing that's always cut or taken away. Which is, I, I could go on a whole political, socioeconomic rant, but... Which is crazy because there are so many of these neighborhoods that I would work in where there was nothing there for these kids. Yeah. Nothing. It's like, you know, what is it, the, the land that time forgot. And there are, you know, families out there who are working hard trying to do the best for their, their children and, and people without children who are also working hard and just trying to do the best for the community. But there's so few resources out there. Yeah. Um, so for these kids, it's a lifeline to have something to do and to be creative or uh, or to play, you know, sports teams as well. Exactly, to learn something about themselves or yes. a talent that they had that they didn't even know existed. That they didn't know. And it changes their lives. So when it's taken away, it's... Which is crazy to me because everyone 
I try not to, sweep, to speak in sweeping statements, but everyone has a favorite song. Everyone has either a film or a book or something artistic and creative that inspired them. So to take that away from children uh, makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, I'm in 100% agreement yeah. with you there. I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. Um, I mean, I do get it as far as a larger political racial picture, but... Uh, so I did that for five years, and then last October I was approached, um, you know, asked to come in to interview for this position, and I had never thought of coming back here. I think when I left, one of the there were other opportunities I wanted to pursue, but one of the things I wanted to do here was the job I have now. Oh, that's um, interesting. But it was occupied um, by a friend of mine who did an amazing job here. And, you know, he has since uh, left the organization. And I saw that this was available. And at first, I didn't, I just didn't want it. I didn't, I didn't want to apply because I didn't want to go back to somewhere I had worked before. That's what, that's what was in my head. Like, that's going backwards. And then there were friends of mine, um, including the childhood friend who I mentioned before. He was like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> think about it. But you can make um, change now. You have all this experience. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you, it feels good. You did all these different things. Yeah. And like, I bet you you're probably in a better position now than if you would have done it back when you I were am. here originally. I am. And I'm, I'm learning to... Not that you wouldn't have been good, but I'm just saying no, it's like no, this I understand increased like, yes. level of understanding. From a, from the, from a spiritual place that I try to experience the world from yes I needed to to do this effectively I needed all of those other things that happened in my life over the last 14 years since I was here so yeah do you ever hear from any of like your students or even people here at the center about like the like like how like they're liking it or just any like feedback I've heard it I mean I've definitely gotten great feedback um I've gotten feedback period right so, so <laughs> obviously some people are you know they're Things that they may not like, or so forth and so on, and that comes with a job. I understand that, but there's been a lot of positive feedback, especially people who are just happy to see cultural things happening again here. Um, because you know, during the recent renovation and such, uh, there was sort of a cut down on those yeah. things because you know the spaces were being repaired. So people are happy that that exists because they want to have. I think a lot of people just want to have a space to to gather, to be with like-minded people and enjoy something fun or uplifting, um, which is my goal. I definitely want people, I mean, they, it, you may experience something that's emotional and sad, but I do want you to leave feeling uplifted. And I've heard a lot of positive response from the young people. That was one of my goals when I came here to figure out a way to connect with them because we have a great, fantastic program of people who work with youth from, I believe it's 13 until 22. And they do great work with them. And they're great kids, I guess. It feels so weird. I know it's calling them kids. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and we recently did a photo essay with many of them. And their pictures are were hung on the wall about their experiences and how they see life. And I've had great conversations with them. That's great. Yeah, it's really good. And they have, I mean, having worked in ed- education in some capacity or another for close to a decade, I was so I was around kids a lot, and there is definitely a belief system in the air. I think that they are not as that they don't understand the past, and that they want everything too easily. Now, a lot of that I do believe is true. I definitely think 
the internet age, um, the social media age, more specifically, has sort of advanced things to the point where everyone's so used to instant instant gratification yeah. that if you are, I mean, look, a, a little cousin of mine now, I adore her. She's four, very bright, and I see her like when she's using a phone or something. Like, wow, you're you're a hundred percent going to grow up in a world where this is the complete norm, and you ex- are going to expect everything immediately. And that's not realistic. So, yeah, so I think there are some things out there where, you know, it's a different experience that younger people have. But when I was speaking with them, a lot of them were talking about the fact that they want to know more about their past and that they do try to learn about their past and they want to know about the history. And sometimes they feel disconnected. And I think they're looking for, if not mentors specifically, just people to have conversations with. And that they recognize um, all that there is that still has to change. Yeah. Um, I remember one of them, great guy, Thomas, who's he's, he's younger. I don't think he's maybe 20. I'm not 100% sure. But he was part of the photo series that we did. And he talked about when marriage equality happened. He was happy. He said he felt happy. But he said to himself, but what about everything else? What about housing discrimination and employment discrimination um, issues that trans people are still facing, and you know, um, man, he's ahead. He, yes, it was, like, it was oh fascinating to, to hear that. Like, wow. Um, so, I, you know, I've had good conversations with them. So, I think people are enjoying the fact that there's a they're starting to feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for creative expression in the building again, which is great because you your whole career basically i don't know if you realize this you're like you're like touching people's lives hmm. in each well, one of your you. i didn't i don't think of it that way but really though like it, you're like making this change like whether it was like the teaching or hmm. like the i don't know i feel like it's it's really interesting and i could see why you're and it was it, when i was reading like your background i'm like oh my god it makes total sense why he's in the position he is now yeah i mean it feels good i like to be able to do that um i definitely come from a family of doers I guess that's the best way to describe it who were who are involved and were often jokingly sometimes not jokingly accused of being over involved just from just from the stance of just you're doing so much yeah um but I don't know I mean I do know how not to trust me I know when to mark out sometimes to just sleep yeah. <laughs> just do nothing else. Is like, that how literally. you rejuvenate? Just sleep? I do. It's so funny. Sometimes <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of old movies and old TV shows. So I'll just get my old movies uh, going on the TV and just veg out for the week. I mean, sometimes you need that. I feel yeah. like when you're big, like, I mean, like, it was so funny. Someone asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday this year. I'm like, I want to like rent a hotel room and just sleep. And they're like, yes. what? And yes. I'm like, I go, 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 go all the time. I just want like quiet. You and have just to. Sleep. First of all, to for your body to function, you have to have downtime. And people who I've, I've seen uh, many people talking about sleep more and more on TV. We definitely live in a world where you are applauded almost if you do so much with no sleep. Yeah, I know. That's idiotic. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Like, it's going right here. <laughs> it is. It's insane. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I stayed up last night until 2 o'clock and got so much done. I'm still going. I have this energy. And I'm like, 
Do you need like, you need to like go, go meditate and sit down? Yeah, okay? exactly. <laughs> I think too it has to do with just excitement and like mm-hmm. wanting to do so many things and like you know, but the, the balance is very important, and that's yes. something that yes. I think is a challenge. Maybe not so much for everyone, but for other people, and it's just finding that middle ground. Yeah, it's finding that space of like you can do, and 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 I believe that's a part of why we're why we're on earth to, to, to do um, good, hopefully. But you also have to sleep and put your feet up and not feel bad about exactly. it. That's the thing that I don't like. I think a lot of people, the, the, the social machine is trying is making people feel bad exactly. for taking a break. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm just going to chill on my couch tonight and watch Netflix. It's like, oh, you're not going to come to the whatever bar and this no, and that and do this and that. And I'm just like... <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'll see you later. I'm like, I'll be chilling. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Nope. Do you want to talk a little bit about your theater experience to date or just some of those experiences or if you're still doing it or like some of the things you want to like highlight and also your meditation on the theme yes. project? So yeah, I still, I write plays, um, working on some music now. There's a play that I'm hoping to... Well, two pieces I'm hoping to stage at the center before the year is through. I've done them before, but I definitely want to do them here. Uh, I think they're very timely. One is called The Homosexual Agenda about it's basically an, an, an older individual within the community who's fed up with the direction he feels the fight went in. And then something else that's sort of around um, the media and politicians who say a lot that makes no sense and, and politicians don't make sense yeah <laughs> exactly um so so there are those and there's a there's another there's a new piece i'm working on it's about it's it's about a uh well it's not about that particular encounter but it's the summation of it is about um negative encounters i've experienced uh with the police so i need to i need to tell those stories definitely and I have a thing, apparently, I have a thing for directing one-woman shows, and I love it. Um, there's one I'm working on right now, um, fantastic actress, Erica Bradshaw. We'll be staging it soon, but we'll be doing it, another version of it later down the line. Uh, I have the Meditation on a Theme, which I started years ago, probably like eight years ago, just doing it in like in rehearsal studios or in the basement of a bar. And I, I kind of got to have my, like, you know, early New York experience of starting this little thing in a tiny place and just getting different actors to get, well, not actors. It's a gathering of people who either identify as writer performers, short story writers who are good at reading their own stories or really good storytellers. And they're given a theme, a commonly overheard phrase like the right to remain silent or women and children first or stop or I'll shoot. Things that you just hear over and over again. And they get to interpret it however they want. Usually about seven people on the lineup and what I love about it, and I'm bringing it back here, starting it at the center. What I love about it is that people come with no idea what it's going to... You don't know what you're going to see. You know these seven people are going to be up there in a very intimate kind of performance space. Interpreting, for me, is built around the fact that words have so many meanings. And you, you, you hear something and you think it means one thing, but you experience it differently. Yeah. Uh, and I still think the best version, so one of the best versions of that, of the meditation on theme so far is, that explains my goal is when we did, the theme was a woman's right to choose. And there were seven women performing that night. And people came excited to hear some of their takes on abortion. And not one of those women did a piece 
on abortion. That's really interesting. There were things about education and marriage and children and so everyone came with this one. They thought they, they knew what it meant. they associated it with right. the common society right. or societal term. Words yeah. can mean something totally different. So Yeah, to different people. Yes, yes. So what inspired you to start that? What inspired me to start that? I love the idea of, well, I love words. I've always loved words since I was a kid. I like, used to, weird kid, quote unquote, I guess, who would like read the dictionary for fun, stuff like that. You just flip through a page and be yeah, like, yeah, okay, we'll look up words, today. see what they mean. So I love the idea of bringing different types of artists together. And I don't think that I had seen, I had of late seen what I was trying to do. Not that there aren't other sort of series where artists come together and create pieces, but there's a certain, to most of the people I've been working with, there's a certain style that I'm into and people who have a certain way of telling stories and breaking things down. Like I'm a big George Carlin fan. Like I think he was someone who, you give him a topic, he's going to give you a million different interpretations of it or ways to think about it and make you think deeper. So there are all these people who I used to think, wow, if I could get these people all together to like share a, a thought process... Wouldn't that be interesting? And that's where it just came from that. Like, let me think of... The very first one was Minorities Encouraged to Audition. That was the first one that I did in a rehearsal studio somewhere in Midtown. Because that phrase always drove me crazy as an actor. Minorities Encouraged to Audition. Like, what the yeah, hell does what? that mean? Yeah, I know. It's so weird. You, okay, uh, we live in will so we weird. be cast? Or we're just... You just like us to stop by. <laughs> <laughs> The photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, just come by so that we can say you were there. Um, and it was, and I had there were there were black performers, there were Latino performers, there were white women uh, talking about roles for females in the business, and just seeing all these different takes. I remember being so happy when people were leaving that night, saying, "Wow, this is great!" Because I got to hear, I got to walk in with my own idea and be challenged but in a in an engaging way to think differently when I walked out the door so that's kind of my hope that people will walk out thinking about things in a way that maybe they never had before and that that inspires them which is so interesting to me because it ties right back to sort of like LGBT Mm -hmm. because there's so many like assumptions or you know so many and it's like some people just learn to open their eyes and keep their mouth shut and actually listen right and it's like they leave with a completely different perspective. Yeah, and I think that would benefit the LGBT community greatly if there were more... Because we, yes, we are, you know, we're gay, but we're also people in a larger world. So whatever issues exist in the world, racism, sexism, classism, are going to exist amongst us as well. Mm -hmm. But are we taking the time to listen and have conversations and, yes, we're... We're e- we're equal because we're people, and we have a sense of unity around wanting equality for LGBT people. But I'm still a black guy, and that is how the world, at first sight, experiences yeah. me. And like I said before, it is a Trump might being gay. Neither one of them; they're equally balanced to me. But while I may have a shared, you know, gay experience with someone. In the world, I'm having a predominantly black experience and black male experience and male experience, which is different from a female experience. Like there's 
we need to listen there's to there's so it. many layers yes yes there's so many layers the intersectionality that's what it is we have to be able to listen to what someone is saying and I, I often hear that from lesbians more women who are I think somewhat slightly older than me than younger um, but who feel that and and definitely 100% from heterosexual women that the world is unfair to them yeah. it just is and I think more men would benefit from listening to that and having a conversation about that as opposed to saying no that's not happening yeah that's not true yeah. <laughs> of course it's not but what is our, yeah, what is our talking general? about women wait wait I've never seen wait they have the right to vote no I'm yeah. just kidding <laughs> like what are you talking about oh my god well on that note mm-hmm. we could probably talk for another three hours yeah um, this is gone. I love this this is so we have to do it again yes <laughs> I know it's always say there's gonna be like a continuation series <laughs> yes because yeah. every person I talk to I'm like oh my god there's so much more to address yes. I, I, I'm almost thinking about having like a reunion where I bring mm. like a bunch of the people I've interviewed kind of hang out and just like see what happens and maybe That's do like idea. yeah maybe just like have like one-offs or just I don't know, like it, just something where we all get together and then maybe there is a podcast or maybe we're in an audience and like we have like a panel and we talk about one topic. Uh, it's in the works. I'm thinking of that. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. that. Cool. So if our listeners want to find you, yes. what is the best um, places to reach you? The best places, I mean, they they, they can find me at robleydavis.com. They can find Meditation on the Theme at meditationonatheme.com. They can find the center at gaycenter.org. And the center also has a, I don't remember our Twitter handle. I'm not, I never got into Twitter. I do have, personally have a Twitter handle that I never use. Good to know. Listeners, don't reach out to him don't on Twitter. Use, don't reach out to me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but you can find me on websites and Facebook. Center's Facebook page. Those are, the, those are the best options. You can also, for center events, you can also, on that website, join our email list and find out about what we have coming up and check us out okay cool listeners i'll also link that into um our website so you have easy access to get to those places rob thank you so much thank this you been this great. Is great. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners thank you again so much for listening to another episode of naked and inside out you can um, go on itunes and rate us that would be great just give us uh, a star rating that helps us greatly also um there's a bunch of more information on the website. If you just go to nakedandinsideout.com, there's a phone number that you can leave us voicemails. You can also um, reach us on social media from the site. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, inquiries, email us at hello at nakedandinsideout.com. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone.